I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And we should be working. working. God damn it. It's one, two, (laughs) say it. (laughs) All right. I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And And we we should should be be working. working. I fucking hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So. What? What's on your mind? Come on. (laughs) Get it out. I don't know where to start with this one. I have I have just many start. thoughts. Just pick one. Just pick I, one and throw I, it out there. I already know you're gonna hate all of this, and I'm I don't want to even Perfect. bring it up because because I I love it so much, and you're just gonna dash my dreams. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. So here's the dilly. Uh, I read a book called The Coaching Habit, and the whole point of the book is that um, here I'll summarize. There's a haiku in the book, and I can summarize it by by telling you. Have you seen this haiku yet? It's so great. Oh, the haiku. (laughs) Shut up. I'm trying to be a poet here. The haiku is. Hold on. I forgot the haiku. (laughs) All right. I remember now. The haiku is tell less and ask more. Your advice is not as good as you think it is. And that's the point of the book. It's all about no more giving advice. Instead, ask questions that lets the person figure out the best solution on their own. You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. What's I, I totally agree with that. No, bullcrap. Okay. Everybody says they agree with it. But, like, here's the thing. When somebody comes to you and says, what do you think I should do about X? Like, 99% of people will give them an opinion. And the book is saying you should never, ever, like, uh, giving them advice should be the absolute last resort. Like, you, you basically failed as a coach if you give them advice but i mean if if we're talking like let's say a dev comes to me and is just like hey do you know how to do this i always prompt them for context and it like i don't know how many times but a lot of the times when i start doing that they start to answer their own questions as we're doing that and i'll start like because i have to piece together generally the context of the code for me to understand you know, what the whole purpose of it or what it's trying to do. So like during the time that they spin me up on the context, they usually either get the answer or they're close to the answer. And then I'm just kind of like nudging them a little more into that answer. I mean, we, on my current project, we just call it rubber ducking. Like there, there's that term, old term for it called rubber ducking where you have the rubber duck and you just talk to that to debug your problems. Yeah. But we've been calling each other rubber ducks and be like, Oh, thanks for rubber ducking. Cause we'll hop into a call. We'll screen share and we'll like walk the other person through the whole process and then start asking ourselves questions while showing them what we're working on. And then it just like happens like, like, Oh, oh, okay. Then I just have to do this and then this and then, Oh, okay. Then all right. Thanks. Thanks for your help. All right. So if I came to you and said, uh, I'm really, freaking out because i don't know my my new team doesn't respect the power of planning or something you know like my new team just thinks that they should be left alone to write code all day or something what would you what would you do with that i'm the wrong person to ask that type of question but but it doesn't matter if you agree like if you are if you are a coach of mine you know or if like i come to you for advice or something yeah, I would refer you to somebody else who's better suited to answer that question. Dang it, what's a question you're suited to answer? None. My <laughs> advice means nothing. Yeah, apparently, because uh, 
Because like I told you, my good friends are not people I go to for advice. Well, also, I don't believe in my own advice. Well, that's the wrong wording. I don't I don't think my opinions hold any weight. Therefore, I try not to give advice. You don't think your opinions hold any weight about anything? Well, clearly not about anything, but in like a work instance, very little. Like the the weight my opinions have are so little that I shouldn't even be present in whatever decision making is happening. What makes you feel like that? Clients. Elaborate. They they always get the last word and they always just stomp everything. It's usually just like, hey, here's this great idea to get rid of some technical debt and stuff. And they're just like, oh, that's nice. We'll throw it back. And then it just keeps getting thrown back and thrown back and thrown back and never ever picked up or done or anything about it. Okay. So you feel like your opinions don't hold weight because when you bring something up, it it isn't taken seriously? Well, it so I feel like they go through the motions of taking it seriously, but then it just gets put off forever because it doesn't actually matter. It Do you believe it doesn't actually matter? By the time that gets pushed off? Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm, I mean, especially at this point, I don't get attached to these things with clients and client projects the way that I used to. So like, if it just doesn't work out, then whatever. Cool. I'm not going to worry about it if you're not worried about it. Uh... That is some BS. All right, so you're in a whatever, like a, I don't know, like a grooming meeting or something, and you bring up a problem, and what ha- what happens? They, they say, yes, you're right, but then three months later, nothing changes? Is that what you're saying? Well, a retro would make more sense for this conversation, but yes. Uh-huh, okay. All right, so why, wh- why, like, what is it that you think makes them not take it seriously? Um... I think, I, th- I honestly don't know. It, it could be a lack of experience of the people in those positions, like just the specific, you know, positions that would be doing those things like the POs, PMs, those types of things. But I don't think that's it. I think it's either just bad communication across, you know, just from like developers to non-developer type people to the stakeholders, like the whole chain of command. I think there's just miscommunication that's happening in there. And then some of the stuff gets lost in translation is what I think is actually happening. But from my point of view, without like digging deeper and like prodding all these different people to figure it out, it just looks like it gets talked about, you know, I reinforce it in the retros and then an action card is made. And then, you know, a year later, the problem's still happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, so it's part that you're bringing stuff up and nobody, nothing changes, which is kind of like frustrating, right? Because you know, yep. like that's a hit to self-esteem and whatever. And then it's part just that you're bringing stuff up that you want to be change, you want to change, and then it's not changing. So it's frustrating from that point of view too, because you still have to deal with the same crap. So like, right? And it's w- and it's a grinding thing too, because like if if these things never get changed and they bug me, you know, for originally, and they're still happening a year later, that's a year of it, you know, grinding in the back of my head of just this thing is still a problem. I have to work around it every single time I encounter it. So then that also pushes me to want to like get off the project and go to another one, find, you know, greener grass, basically. 
Uh huh. Okay. So which side is the is the worst side? Is it the side of people not listening to you, which is frustrating, or is it the side of you having to put up with the same problems because they never get fixed? The latter. It, it's. I hate that. It's a problem. I know it's a problem. I know I've reported the problem more than once, and it's still a problem. What could you do differently? <laughs> According to Eric, I could just quit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally um, going on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's, Shout out to Eric Summerfield. <laughs> um, no, it's just, I don't even know. Like, I, I guess just keep bringing it up. I'm I'm hoping that at some point it doesn't fall on deaf ears or maybe that there will be so much tur- turnover on the project itself that somebody new will say it in like a different way that I haven't been able to, you know, say it or convey it yet that will prompt some kind of other action. But I mean, I've... Even on some of some of the specific issues I'm thinking of, like I, I've reached out to everyone on um, our side and as many people as I could on their side, and just trying to like work it out as diplomatically as possible. But some things just don't remedy themselves. All right, don't don't give me any of that grumpy Jace resistance crap when I ask this. Uh, so that's one thing you can do. What's another thing you can do? About what? about fixing this stuff instead of it remaining unfixed like you could keep bringing it up and you could hope that someone says in a different way what what else could you do well i can't fix it myself Mm -hmm. otherwise i would have so what else could you do (laughs) i don't know that's it that's the list there's no there's no me getting creative and answering this question in a specific way this this is it that's it you're not trying hard enough i told good then i'm not See, you're, I told you that you're not allowed to be the Grumpy Jays shutting it down, and that's what you're doing. This isn't Grumpy Jays shutting it down. This is literally the limit. What do you do after that is, I don't fucking know. Tell me the answer, dumbass. No, okay, you're saying you have no, I, like, gun to your head, you could not think of another option of what to do besides keep bringing it up. Other than quit and keep bringing it up? No. So the three options, literally, that I've said are quit, bring it up, or do it myself, and I can't do it myself. I'm not gonna quit. So, could you bring it up in a different way or to different people? Yes, and I have, which I said. If you listen back, in another different way or to other different people, I have over years, years, not days. This isn't a week long problem. This is years long problem. Okay, say so I'm already, I'm already resorting to uh, giving advice again, which you're not supposed to do. Yeah, you're fucking terrible at this. Stop. You're this being too resistant. This exercise is dumb. No, I'm, I'm, enjo- not. That's I'm it. enjoying the heck out of this. All right, so that's not it. Here, let me let me throw a bunch of random ideas at you just so you can shut them down. Uh, no. One, in sprint planning, or no, in backlog grooming, you could propose a spike ticket that fi- I don't even know what, what issue you're talking about and if this would actually make... Can you? Are you able to say that anything That doesn't make sense. It? Are you able to say like a specific at all? Or is that too project? No, I can't. Bummer. Okay. Um, but a spike ticket wouldn't wouldn't resolve this issue. It's a process issue. It's it's definitely a process issue. Yes. Okay. Is on, it on the other side? It's a process issue on the other side. Okay. Um, and there are people on the other side who like it this way, probably. I think there are people that are very comfortable because that's just the way that it's been. Are there other people who actually do agree with you that this is a big problem, or are they just being nice? Yes. They, you you truly believe that they they give a crap and they're not just like going along with it to be polite. 
Uh, there are definitely some people who truly do give a crap. Yes. Okay. Um, are you the only one that's bringing it up? No, I'm not. Even like new people to the project and stuff have brought it up and they just kind of brush it off. Oh, man. I don't even care about the coaching stuff anymore. I just really want to get to the root of this problem and talk more about it. It sounds super interesting. But we're going to have to take it off air because I'm done talking about work while we should be working. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, all right. So uh, I've tried this with three people, I think, so far. Um, Asking dumb, annoying questions? Yes, exactly. Like having a, having a, a whole conversation where all I do is ask questions instead of ever giving advice. And, you know, there are some caveats, too. Like, you're not allowed to ask a rhetorical question. That doesn't count. That's not an actual question. You're not allowed to ask. You're not allowed to basically say, like, advice with a question mark on the end. Like, have you tried X or what do you think about Y or something? It has to be open-ended questions. And um, and in all of the three times that I've done it, it's kind of been, like, bizarrely successful. Like, people sort of lead themselves to a solution and actually, in every case, it's been a different direction than I would have originally responded because, like, based on the original question, what I thought they meant wasn't, like, the actual root of the issue. Um, so my, my advice wouldn't have even been that good. Your advice is never good anyway. But, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, people answering their own questions is going to give them the best advice. But do you realize how backwards this is? That people go to people for advice, and the right solution is to not give them any? Dude, the world is backwards. What are you talking about? Everything is, is backwards. This is just another thing. Another thing that's backwards like the rest of the world? Yeah, this was yeah. this was kind of mind-blowing for me. And it's it's freaking hard, too. It's like it's like the book talks about the advice monster. You know, like you, you want to ask questions and help guide them to the solution, but you just can't help yourself. The advice monster pops out and you just start telling them what to do, you know, because you, you think, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think the, the like little su suggestion questions that you, you mentioned are the ones that get me the most. I was like, oh, did you try this or have you read that yet? Or did you see this? Those types of things mm -hmm. versus just asking them a actual question. You mean get you, like, as in they're annoying or something? Well, like, to to actually just ask questions versus giving advice. Like, I think that's where I slip up the most is the little suggestions. Oh, oh, yeah. If you were the person that they came to for advice, that's what, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I, I, that's that's really tough because you feel like you're, you're still leading them, you know, like letting them own it when really you're just kind of not. And, um... So, I mean, I think it's I think it's part that it's really just the best way. Like, it, it, you're going to find the best solution that way because the solution they'll come to on their own with your help is probably better than whatever your advice is going to be since they have all the context, you know, and they know how they really deeply feel and stuff. Um, but it's also, like, even if you come to the same solution, that you know, even if the advice you would have given is exactly the same as what they ended up with and you could have saved, like, 15 minutes of conversation... Um, it's still more powerful because they came to that on their own and they're going to own it as their own solution. And it's going to be like deeply embedded in their mindset, you know, because they kind of work through it instead of you just giving them the answer. You well, right. Think? Yeah. It builds their confidence, right? Because they're, they're coming to somebody they look to as a mentor and then they didn't get the answer from the mentor, the guy from themselves while talking to the mentor. It's, it's like a different kind of one. -up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like the difference between uh, it's like um, what's it called? In I think it's instructivism versus constructivism. Maybe I might have made that up, but it's like the difference between seeing a picture of a room versus being inside of a room and exploring it yourself. You know, and mm -hmm. the difference between like being taught versus experiencing. I guess. Yes. You like that? I agree. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean that that makes sense though, right? I mean, especially. I mean, I guess there are different ways of learning and experiencing things, but I, I think getting to an answer yourself is the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the The part that is weird about it, I think, is that it gets a little awkward to just keep hammering them with questions. You know, so like the, the book says the most important question is they call it the awe, w, the AWE awe question, which is and what else, you know, because the whole point of it is like, if you ask ask them, you know, so for example, the book says start with what's on your mind. Like that's a good way to start a conversation. It like targets, you know, what they're actually thinking about at that moment. And they say a thing and then you say, and what else? Or when you say like, what have you tried? And they say a thing and you say, and what else? And you just kind of keep saying, what else? What else? What else? Anything else? Until they're completely out. Um, because, you know, obviously like that, you're going to find a lot of things that they probably wouldn't have brought up if you keep prompting them for more or whatever. But it gets a little weird if you just keep throwing them that question at them i've noticed that a little bit have you gotten any like curveballs yet as an answer uh any cur i mean like any unexpected things that i didn't yeah see like coming? like you're just like whoa okay yeah i guess we're going down this path now oh for yeah every single time yeah i mean like it's super powerful that that's why i'm so excited about it like i i kind of didn't buy it at first and then i tried it on like a low stakes conversation and i was just like oh god like what is happening right now um that that's kind of what i was talking about earlier with i the advice i would have given would have been totally off is because you know if you ask what's on your mind or i'm trying to think of a specific specific example i could get into um uh i was talking to, to a friend of mine about like time management stuff his, his weeks were just too busy and he, i don't know like it's it's hard to get in the weeds on this stuff without asking people if i can but basically he was spending a lot of time on kind of low value stuff and so i started saying um you know what about that doesn't seem valuable and he would say something and i'd say well, what else you know and like there were all kinds of random things that i would never have seen coming that ended up steering the course of the conversation um interesting yeah it's 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 weird man i'm i'm not like i'm not you know blowing smoke or whatever it's a big deal Maybe if I didn't hate you so much, we could probably do it. I think it would, uh, honestly, I think it would be better if, if it were like an actual, like not a contrived podcast conversation, but like an actual conversation right. with your manager or something. Um, and if you had a, an actual problem you're trying to solve. So one other thing is, um, where did it go? The strategic question. I really like this one. Which is, if you're saying yes to this, then what are you saying no to? You ever think about that? Elaborate. So, uh, with the time management guy, you know, we were, we were trying to figure out what's actually important. And, you know, he kind of figured out a few things that are super valuable and then decided to add one more thing that he hadn't thought of. And so I said, if you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? And he kind of had to take a step back and realize, like, okay, there's only so many hours in the week. I can't just add another thing without losing something. I have to actually be you know, intentional about this. So it forces you to think strategically about uh, about what you're willing to give up to take something else on. 
Yeah, I guess like that works on people that don't think things through very well. I think it's a trap for everybody, though. I think that's why I think that's why this works so well is because people don't people just don't think things through, you know, like as right. a whole. Uh, I think that's why really good managers are really good or like, you know, like a really good life coach or actually a therapist is even a better example. Like a good therapist is mostly there to help you think things through and ask a few kind of targeted questions. How do you know? Because I'm a therapist. <laughs> In a really no, good one. No, you need to see a therapist. Because <laughs> I've seen a movie about a therapist. Oh, gotcha. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. They they listen and they ask questions. But, uh, I mean, I, I do agree that everyone would get tripped up on it, especially, you know, if you're just taking on a bunch of decisions that you're not thinking through all the way, like at work. You're just getting slammed with stuff. And you're like, sure, why not? Yep, okay, I'll be at that meeting. No problem. Yeah, just add it to my calendar. And it's just yeah. like, oh, I'm not thinking about all the hours of meetings that I just picked up from saying yes all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, one other one that I I thought was pretty good is just how can I help, which is like I think the way that that's worded is pretty. You know, it's like what what do you need me to do or what do you need from me is not really the same. It's sort of like how i don't know i I can't put my finger on exactly but it just seemed like a really powerful way to ask that question hey you ready to stop talking about this uh i mean up to you i'm ready to stop talking about this i have yeah but what do you want to talk about now i want to talk about um if you okay so pretend that there is i'm going to get really scientific with this pretend that there is a way in the future in some dystopian future whatever, uh, to suddenly have a microphone, this magical microphone you can speak into, and you can say one sentence, and everyone in the world hears it in their head. Man, we're going to go with that one first? Yeah. What's the sentence you would go with? Do I have to answer, like, now? Or what's the, how about this, what's the angle you would take? Like, would you take the, like, you know, trying to make the world a better place angle, or trying to make people laugh angle? Or trying to like market yourself angle. Yeah, I guess that's a tough one, right? <laughs> it depends on when I'm actually doing this and what my mood was. Because I mean, I would, I could do the full spectrum on that one. I think there's. Um, yeah, good. I I would like to think that I would do like making the world a better place, but honestly, I'd probably go for the most entertaining or most funny thing that I could say. One, this is totally not the point of the exercise at all, but I think it's interesting to think of how could you make the most money on this? Because, like, if you could say something to the entire world, imagine how much how much that sentence could be worth, you know, if, if the sentence was like you read an ad for some major corporation or something. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be insane. Put it up for, for auction on eBay. Do it right now. See what happens. Like I've got, I've got a way to share a sentence with the entire world. How much will you pay me? All ten of our listeners <laughs> that we deeply appreciate. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, I like this because it's, it's very, it varies based on what type of person you are. I think, like you were saying, you know, you were, what would you say? Like you would just like mess around with it or something, whatever kind of popped into your head. Entertainment, like I yeah, yeah, entertaining or funny, yeah. Well, I, I think I think that question is awesome, or the scenario is awesome because the level of accountability on what you're about to say is just 110. There, there's no way that you could blame anyone else 
for what you would say at that time, right? What do you mean? Why couldn't you blame somebody else? Because you're saying it. So you're saying the level of accountability. Okay, that's interesting. So if you had a microphone to the entire world and you are the person saying the thing, you are held accountable 110%. So like if you say something and it ends up creating a war somehow, then that's on you? Yes. You probably, if you found the right sentence, you probably do have the power to create some sort of war of nation states. I didn't think about that. The capacity for... You dummy terribleness <laughs> but, but you know what i mean like it, it 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 points at what type of person you are you know like a comedian's gonna try to make people does, laugh for sure. i think that's and it, i think it fits that you want the entertainment aspect of it because you're just like a you know a devil may care type person and it's it's i don't know when my group of friends growing up I had, this question came up is like if you had the choice between doing something right or wrong what would you do and it, it's I would always choose funny, like whichever one. That, that was well. No, I would always choose funny. Is what I would choose. I, I that was just kind of how like my brain worked. Just like oh, this would entertain me, and we would talk about this later and laugh. Ha ha ha. But sometimes it wasn't great things that I was doing or things that anybody should be doing. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I have so many questions right now. Um, so. <laughs> So if choosing the bad thing was probably going to give you a couple giggles, then that's that that's all it took for you to break the rules? Yeah, yeah sometimes. Oh, man, this explains so much to me. How often does so, this get you in trouble? Yeah, go ahead. Here, I mean, a lot when I was younger. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was, yeah. My, my friends introduced me to their other friends with a disclaimer when, when what I was, was a teenager. It? So that I'm just kind of an asshole and do whatever I want, but... <laughs> No, okay, so like like a funny thing that is kind of bad, but we all laughed about it, even though I, I kind of destroyed a hoodie, was um, at the time, my friend's wife, we were like, we went downtown Portland to go watch the fireworks for 4th of July, I think it was, and um, when we were in the parking lot, I didn't have a hoodie or anything, and I was just in a t-shirt and pants, and it was a little cold, and um, his wife had a hoodie, <laughs> she's like a medium women's it's like oh thanks and i just grabbed her hoodie and i put it on and it like got stuck on me halfway through <laughs> and like i just kind of got stuck and stretched it and like ended up breaking it and whatever so like I-, I didn't have to one ruin her hoodie so we both didn't have hoodies uh-huh. <laughs> or or it could have just been cold yeah so i mean yeah i just went for the funny so so the funny is destroying another person's property <laughs> that <laughs> well, makes sense <laughs> That wasn't how I thought of it at the time. It was how far could I get this small ass hoodie on my body? I can see why your friends had that disclaimer. Like, warning, this is the type of dude who will just screw up your hoodie because he wants to. Yep. All right. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, hey, what if somebody, you know, like another gun to your head situation. What if somebody walked in right now and said, pick like right now you had to say this sentence to the whole world. What would you say right now? No time to prepare or get money for it or anything. I don't know. I draw a blank. Would you say that? Just I would just hold the the push to talk button and it'd just be silence. <laughs> and then let it go. Remember Just uh, ellipses. Just dot dot dot. Did you ever see Pootie Tang? Remember that movie? 
so long ago, but yes. He had that single that was just silence. And everybody listened to it and they were like, oh, this is dope. <laughs> used to love that money in the movie. All right. Uh, so my, I thought about this and my sentence is boring because we've already talked about it, but it's um, make mistakes with ambition and not mistakes with sloth. Oh, so you get time to think about this and you're going to steal someone else's quote. How dare you, sir? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, bring your own topic once in a while and then I'll have, and then you'll have time to think about it. You're the worst. Butthead. I thought we were going for like originality or something, something worthwhile, not just, oh, what's there's my favorite no, quote right now? There's no original. No, the the thing is, what do you want to say to the whole world? What are you talking about going for originality? It's not like we're getting rated zero to 10. Right, but you're telling me off the cuff. I didn't know we could like, oh, you could be like, oh, so what's your favorite quote that you would tell the world? And then my answer would be just as good, if not better than yours. Okay, well, now that you know that, what's your answer? I hate you so much. <laughs> no, no, that's it. That that's it. Oh, that's the that's the sentence. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> no, I would I would I would probably go with something like nobody cares where Carter. Okay. That's pretty good. Why didn't you say that in the first place? Because I didn't know we were just going to go with some <laughs> so shitty adage that we tell ourselves or like I imagine that you have like a handwritten like poster board with that quote on it yeah, on the other it. side of your monitor. <laughs> Printed off from Instagram. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Professionally so you, framed. Oh man, you are truly the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I try. All right, so I'm going to change this a little bit. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do okay. Whatever. So instead of a microphone to the entire world, if you could go back to your 10-year-old self and just give him one piece of advice, what would it be? All right. When I was 10, what grade is that? Like fifth, fifth grade. Fifth-ish, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have said, does that have to be one sentence? Just one, one sentence. All right, one sentence. I would have said, you need to read a book about social anxiety. For sure. That's what it would be. Because my middle school and high school and college years would have been just, I can't even find the words to say how different they would have been if I understood what I know now after reading a book about social anxiety. I don't even have bad social anxiety. Like, it, you know, it's it's mostly just like I'm shy and I worry too much about what people think of me. But like in, when you're in middle school, that is devastating, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, just school in general has all the clicks and stuff yeah. to start. So, yeah. And there's, you know, you got to worry about bullying and there's the cool kids that you want to impress. And so, but yeah, I mean, like you know, that, that that's easily would have drastically improved 10 years of my life and probably like well into adulthood. If I knew before like three months ago <laughs> that this was the thing. Nice, nice. What about you? So I have one of two, or I have two that I'm waffling between. And one is either um, never get rid of any of the magic cards that you will get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very practical. I like that. Right. Or uh, go to that private boarding school. All right, let's start with the magic cards. What What's the deal here? You threw them away or something? You sell them? I mean, yeah, uh, when I was younger, you would either just like trade them or sell them for just shitty prices or whatever, just because. But, um, and then when you get a little older and you have like collections, 
but you're like moving like a, a big one was when I moved from Hawaii to Washington. I sold all all of my cards just because I didn't want to take them with me, um, which is a dumb reason. I should have kept them all. But now, like, especially now, all the cards are worth so much more than they were back then. But that's just one of those lesson learned collectibles, keep them pretty type of things. So how much money are we talking about here? Do you have any idea? So one one card specifically that I used to tear up because I would like open it from a pack and I didn't want it was uh I mean it was like a dollar rare back in the day, like in two thousand. Um, but today it's like a three hundred dollar card. Oh uh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I remember vividly ripping up multiples of that card. <laughs> oh, and is it like continuing to to get higher and higher? There, most things are pretty stable. Like most of the old things are pretty stable, but um, they're steadily going up because you know they're not reprinting a lot of those cards anymore and stuff. So people like me have destroyed many many of them that should <laughs> be in circulation. <laughs> yeah, all the dummies out there. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I- I do have a. I don't have any as as bad as that. That like that would be the one thing I would tell myself when I was ten. But I do have a few things that like I just you know threw away or I don't know lost over the years or something that's not important to you at the time. Not not it's for me. I think it's more like sentimental reasons instead of money. But yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Either way. Well, and and Magic too back then. Magic the Gathering back then for me was a it was a game right. It was a game that I played competitively. That that's all it was to me. It wasn't. It wasn't to make money. It wasn't to like save the cards or build the full collections and stuff like that. So lesson learned. Were they were they not worth anything back then? They're worth money, but they weren't worth like hundreds of dollars per card, right? They're like five dollar yeah. rares, ten dollar rares, and then uh, okay. a few like more like forty, fifty dollar rares, and then then and then back then like an old expensive card like a black lotus when I first started getting into magic was like three hundred dollars ish and that was like super fucking expensive oh man they're now you can get like those cards graded and stuff and i think the gem mint ones are hundreds of thousands maybe oh my god what the heck yeah maybe i'm exaggerating that one i i i would have to like follow even but but it's it's in the yeah well uh i mean there was an article recently that just came out where a first edition box of pokemon Sold for $408,000. A bot, like they don't even know what's in it? Right, yeah. So it's a sealed first edition Pokemon box of cards. 408000 Oh my God. Man, this, this stuff drives me crazy. Like all this, you know, th- these things that if you could go back in time, it would just be so easy to become a millionaire. Just like go back in time to when Pokemon was first a thing, buy a box, go forward in time, suddenly you have half a million dollars. That's true. We also didn't. We also didn't tell our ten-year-old selves to just invest in the stock market. But yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously, if you bought a first edition box of any random type of cards that was created, then you'd have like, you know, ten thousand duds filling up your whole garage or something. <laughs> yeah. But still, it's just so frustrating. All right, what was your other? What was your other ten-year-old thing? Oh, go to the private boarding school. Um, oh yeah, what's the story about that? Yeah, when I was a uh, in fifth grade i guess it was the summer of fifth grade um i did like this summer expedition to the king kamehameha schools um bishop estate schools it's a private school on oahu for kids of with hawaiian heritage um 
and they do like these summer exploration types of things. It's kind of like a preview. You go for, I think it was like a month and you live in the dorms and like you go on excursions and stuff. So it's just like a summer program almost. Um, and then, yeah, by the end of it, I was just not having it. I didn't like any of it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go. I was, I was just like a stubborn kid. I didn't know anybody that was there. I was also one of the only white kids in that school. So that is also weird. And there's definitely some tension there. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I think my life overall, it, I think those are, that's one of those moments where like it was, uh, it's very uncomfortable for me. And I should have just pushed through it versus me just sticking to what I'm comfortable with. Why? Well, because... Well, one, the education through that school is amazing. Um, plus, you get, like, I, I would get more of the Hawaiian, you know, history and that type of background, um, which would have been also amazing. Um, but then I also probably would have stayed through school. Like, I would have probably graduated from high school if I would have been in that situation. And, I don't know, they're much stricter with their discipline and stuff. I think I needed more of that than like the public school that I stayed in where I could just do whatever. Do you think that if you had stayed, then now you would be saying, don't go to the private school? Like, is this a grass is greener situation? Uh, I mean, that's hard to say, right? Because I, I don't know what my life would have been. Like, I, I there's no way I could have imagined what my life would have been had I gone and done that. I just know that that would have been a better base structure to build my life on now that I am looking back and because I did end up dropping out of high school and all of that. Yeah. When did you drop out of high school? I technically dropped out after my sophomore year, but I think I went a total of like 30 days that year. So, and then eventually you got your GED. Yeah. So when I dropped out, I was 15 years old and then one of the requirements was to take like a three month course that would prepare me to take the GED. And then I just did that. So what did you do after you dropped out? Uh, I worked. I I mean, I, I got a job like washing dishes and stuff and then went to a restaurant, then Subway eventually and just stayed at Subway till I eventually moved from or moved to Washington. So you're working like full time when you're 15? Yeah, yeah. So and did... oh man, that fucking first job that I took, which was downtown, um, and we lived three miles away. I ended up just walking home every night. I, it was a dishwashing job, and it would go until like eleven or twelve at night, and then I would just walk home afterwards. It was the worst. How far away was that? It's about three miles. <laughs> three mile walk in the dark when you're like fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> that does suck. So why did you did you drop out of school just because you were like screw school I'm done with it or did you you know did you need to make money or something like what was the reason? Oh man, that's that's like a whole therapy session potty on its own. But uh, <laughs> the potty it, that it, it's really a, a layered a layered answer. Um, I don't know. I yeah, I, I was just a troubled kid and like. It just got worse and worse as I got older, and I just got more combative and defiant the older I got. So, Would you not have been able to drop out if you went to the boarding school? 
I think I would have avoided a lot of the things that made me act out a lot more in my teenage years if I went to a boarding school. At like least, what? at least, well, I mean, God, we're, we're really going to dive into this. I mean, yeah, like, like a lot, a lot of things, what? especially, no, especially when I was a teenager, it was my mother's boyfriend's like, like as soon as I hit puberty, it became like this problem because I, I just was no longer taking anybody's shit. I mean, I sprouted up to six foot. Oh, and I think yeah. I was like, I think I was like two forty when I was fifteen, something like two thirty. I was just like, no, don't fucking touch me. Who the fuck are you? I'd so, literally push adults out of my house. So sorry, but, out of my mother's house. But, but like, why? Why would that make you want to drop out of school? Though it seems like that might make you want to be in school, so you're away from from those guys. Well, so growing up, school was never my way out of anything, right? It was an escapism. It was something that I had to do, and then I could go on live the rest of my life outside of school. That that's how I always saw school up until college, um, and that's just how it was presented to me. It was just something that you had to do, so you just get it over with, and then you have fun. Um, so like I just thought it was a waste of time. I was like, why why am I going to school and learning this shit? I can do math. Why don't I have a job? I can make money. I should just be making money. And then it was like a whole argument and all of that with my mother. But yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it was just angsty and just didn't want to waste my time anymore. And, you know, life, uh, my view on life, my perspective on life was very, very small at the time. Mm-hmm. Has, has dropping out made things hard? Like, you know, like specific things as you tried to, I don't know, get a job and go to college, whatever. No, not really. No, no, because I did get the, I think it's like a equivalency degree or whatever. The, so like it is, it's equivalent to a high school diploma, but yeah. it's not an exact. So, I mean, like everywhere I accepted it, um, like the college and stuff always, they're just like, okay, cool. Thanks. So then what's the, uh, problem? Like why, why, I mean, are you saying that was a bad decision to drop out? I think I missed out on a lot of, I want to say typical, like, life lessons that you learn as a kid, as a teenager. I mean, think of, think about your high school years, right? Your, your sophomore year, let's say right after your freshman year, if you just didn't go to your high school anymore after your freshman year, how uh-huh. different will your life be? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't have ever married my wife, for one thing. See? Right, yeah, so I mean, it... It's just that kind of thing, right? And trying to look back on that and thinking that I want to say like I took control of my future too young, like before I was ready. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's one of those moments. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, like I, I feel like I, I, I mean, in a lot of ways, I, I think I'm, you know, everybody's still trying to figure it out. But I feel like I really just had no idea about anything until I was maybe like 23 or something. Even though I thought I did. Oh, man. I thought I knew everything all the way up until I was like 31, 32. So not even that long ago. It's just like, oh, my God, I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that is. Like, what, you know, what is it? And is it just brain development at a certain age? Or like, does everybody eventually get exposed to something that teaches them that they're actually a big idiot or something? I don't know. I, I know I'm just super stubborn. I get I get stuck in my head a lot of the times. For me, I think it's been very gradual. Like, I don't think, I don't think the difference between twenty three and twenty four, for example, was a big deal. But the difference between twenty three and now is a huge deal. So, I, at some point, I just kind of started to, started to grow up. I don't know. 
Um, I feel like we're. Yeah, I know. We definitely jumped around a lot on this one. Yeah, <laughs> that was super interesting <laughs> though. I I uh, I did not know that you dropped out of high school so early. And I also I kind of want to talk about like maybe on a different episode like how how bad of an idea is that really? You know, if you're able to save three whole years of pretty much pointless education, um, how big of a loss is the not having those life lessons? And is there a different way that you could get them? It's like how a lot of people go to like one year colleges instead of four year colleges, you know, like why wouldn't you do that with high school? Yeah. And I think honestly, with, with stuff like that, it depends on what comes after. Like I truly just wasted years. I mean, I, I wasted almost mm. a decade of my life doing I see. shit all before, you know, somebody was like, hey, maybe you should actually, you know, get a career and go to college or something. Did somebody actually say that? No, that was me telling myself. Oh, that was you. Actually. Okay, <laughs> I wanted to know what this turning point was. All right, you ready to call it quits? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I think we, we're done boring people. <laughs> yeah, I, well, what do you write for the like uh, the description or the synopsis? Yeah, I don't know. It's probably going to be like Jason Critter talk about a bunch of weird random crap, and you probably wanted to skip this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the whole thing. Is you should probably skip this one. Yeah. All right. But we have the cool new intro. Yeah. I hope you all enjoyed the intro. <laughs> the two people who made it this far. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we love you all. We'll see you next time. Maybe.